I bring the shorty closer, just enough to feel the gun on the holster. Out on the balcony, feeling on the breeze. City skylines, we're puffing on some trees. Cup of honey on the rocks with the soda. Made back front of the building with the chauffeur. And he waiting on me, got a bullet in his hands and my name in the seats. No gift, baby, no thanks, no chinchillas, baby. So what happened to Frank? No phone calls, transactions hand in hand. Give the drugs to Rick, the money to Benny Banks. Talk to Crazy, he talks to me. Keep my business out the streets, it's the ARC. Welcome to the show. We're filming one of our episodes. We're not covering a red carpet event. Craze is here. I'm here. He's here. I'm your host, Rick H. Craze is here. That's Benny right. Banks is here. I'm in the building. Oh, that, that's it? He Dude. drank too much. Oh, no, no, no. His energy is off. You know what? I drank a lot last night, and then today I was waiting for my the other part of my bed, and UPS never showed up. So... Yeah, it sounds complicated. Like, like first world problems. Tank Top Tony is here. Tank Top Tony's Tank Top in the house. Tony, and our guest today is the host creator of the Orange and Blue Crew and 33rd and 7th Podcast, which That's is actually cool. a very good yeah. podcast. Anthony Donahue, a.k.a. Anthony MSG. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. Really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this. Um, we are, my brother and I, avid Knicks fans just like you. Oh, yeah. Lifelong. I'm not. <laughs> you probably live a stress free, stress free life, not yes. being a Knicks fan. Yes, of course I do. Fuck, uh, no, I'm not gonna say that. What? Well, I was gonna say Knicks, but no, I'm not gonna say. You, you I mean, you can. I mean, you I mean, can. You this no, but I don't mean it's like it's specifically no fucking no Knicks. Ties. I just mean like. You just mean like it means nothing yeah, to you. Like it's Where it's literally controlled my life since I was eight years old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 literally my it's the Knicks have been my life since I was eight. So, uh, I vividly remember 1994. I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. We're the same age. I remember like it was yesterday. And I, I replayed Game 7. the Bronco thing yeah. before Game 7. Game, I was Game 5. He, and that pissed me off. I remember Stars, one of my favorite Knicks. And I met, you know I met him in the subway. I remember him. <laughs> game 6, if you watch Game 6, he was lights out. Yep. And then Hakeem blocked him the last play. Then, yeah. you know, after that, it was not good. Yeah, so we're going to talk a lot of Knicks because there's a lot of Knicks going on. It's been 19, 20 years since we've been relevant. We had one very That's good season. Crazy. One amazing season under Coach Woody. Um, we went, yeah. we got one playoff victory, one series win. Uh, we could have got more. I, I believe we, um, we, we gave up too early. We beat times that year too. We beat Miami three of the yeah. four times we played them that yeah. season. That season, yeah. And so, then we beat, was it Boston that we beat in the series? Yes. We beat Boston in And the then series. we played Miami. No, we then we lost to the Pacers in six. Pacers, yeah. Which yeah. we could have beat also. Yes. Melo was hurt. And JR got suspended. suspended. Yeah. yeah. JR's suspension caused them to lose game four and five and stretch the series to six. And the Knicks were an older team that year. And they right. really could have used that rest. Had yeah. JR not got suspended, they most likely would have won game four in Boston. And they would have had... Right. 
about nine days off until game one versus the Pacers. Instead, the series got stretched to six games. The Knicks won the series on a Friday night in Boston, and then game one of the second round was literally four, less less than 48 hours later. The Knicks lost game one of the Pacers. They ended up winning game, one, game two, but losing that game one was such a knife in the heart of the Knicks, right. of the team, the fans. They really needed the game one. And I um, remember that roster. Jason Kidd's on it. Um, Marcus Camby, Marcus Camby, Tyson Chandler, Kenyon Martin was phenomenal. Kenyon that, Martin, yeah, Shumpert. Jason Kidd, man, he, I don't, he gave us that one season. But look, look where we went. 50, yeah, fifty-three he, wins, I think it was 50, yeah, fifty-four now. wins. Fifty-four yeah. wins. It was the Knicks. It was the first time the Knicks had won 50, 50 games since 1999-2000 under Jeff Van Gundy, uh, when the Knicks got to the conference finals and lost to the Pacers. Uh, that Knicks team was. Was very good, but it's like they only had a one-year yeah, window, and it was yeah. that year. They were a much better team than the Pacers, and the Pacers ended up taking the Heat to seven games. So I always wonder if Melo didn't get hurt, if if this and if that. But that's the thing about being a sports fan. And when Melo you're a sports, won the scoring title. When you too. did. When you're a sports fan, though, it's always what if. What if John Starks didn't get blocked? What if Reggie right. Miller didn't have eight points in eight seconds? Eight what if the Knicks didn't oh have those God. suspensions in 1997? What oh if Patrick God. Ewing didn't get hurt in 1998? What if Patrick Ewing was healthy in 1999? There's always going to be what ifs. And that's the life I have to live every day as a Knicks fan. I have to replay <laughs> so many moments in my head of right. what if this, what if that. And it's a life of, I love the Knicks more than life itself, but it's a life of misery. Oh, Yo, uh, so I'm also a Mets yeah, fan, yeah, so I have double. Yeah, misery. double. Yeah, at least I'm a Yankee fan. <laughs> I mean, who the, who the, who's a Mets fan? I'm a Mets fan. Let's go. Yo, let's can we back up? Let's yes, back yes. Up. We, we went like rapid no, fire. I know, but it's, it's, it's just it's just. And like, we didn't even ask Anthony who he is, where he's from, or anything like that. But I also don't know shit about. Him. <laughs> so let's back it up. You know, let's back right. the truck. Back up the truck. So who is who is Anthony Donahue? Let's start with that. <coughs> who is Anthony? Like um, that? I'm a I'm a I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I I like I said I I've bled orange and blue since ni- November 17, 1983, when I was born. But it became my life when I was eight years old in fourth grade, growing up upstate in the Catskills. Hmm. Um, I always liked the Knicks. I probably liked the Yankees, the Rangers, and Giants before the Knicks. But when I became a Knicks fan, and it wasn't from anybody, it wasn't, you know, a lot of people that diehard fans of a team because of their mom, their dad, their uncle, right. their brother, their sister, their cousin, whatever, their best friend. Yeah. With me, I got the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers from my uncle, my grandfather. But with the Knicks, it was from nobody. And where I grew up, everybody was Bulls fans, you know, Orlando Magic fans, Indiana Pacers fans. Because where I grew up, Rick Smith lived in the offseason. Nobody gave a rat's ass about the Knicks. And I knew I liked the Knicks. And I started watching the Knicks in the 92-93 season. Mm. And I just became... I just, it just, Charles it, Smith. Yep, that was Charles Smith. 1993 playoffs, game five. Charles Smith, by the way, is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. And I feel so bad for him because he'll always be remembered for that sequence in game five versus the Bulls in 1993. But it's... The same thing with Bill, with Bill Buckner. Yeah, one of the nicest guys. Yeah, ever yep, and yep. That thing He's known for that. Yeah, the- and and the, and the thing is, is that the Mets scored scored three runs before that. You know what I'm saying? So right. the Mets were the, the Mets, the Red Sox were choking before that play happened. Also, that was a game six. Game right, seven. that was not. Yeah, they but it, but as far won. as my love for the Knicks, it's just something that kind of like took over my body when I was between the ages of eight and nine years old. And it's took and it's nothing has changed since. And I'm 35 now, and the Knicks are still my life. 
Uh, I'm more passionate now than I've ever been. Maybe it's because we've been so bad. Right. It makes me. It makes me even want. It, it makes. It's like when it makes me even want it more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a yeah. Yankees fan, but I've seen the Yankees win five World Series championships. I've seen yeah. the Yankees be in, be in the World Series seven times. And you mentioned the Giants. Giants. Right. I've seen. I've seen. Too. Yeah. I've seen yeah. the Giants yeah. uh, win two Super Bowls. So as a Knicks fan, man, it, maybe maybe I want it more because we've been such trash for so long. But I, I know I got season tickets right after I graduated high school. I've been to almost every game since 2001. Oh, wow. I've been going to games since 1994. But I've been to almost every game since 2001. That's nice. Yeah, that's almost every game. And that's not, those are not the way, we're, we're great years. No, no. That's when the, no. That's when the decline <laughs> yeah. started. Yeah, no, that's yeah. the thing. So I've been going since 1994. I went to about 10 games a year before 2001. And I moved back to New York City in 2001 after I graduated high school from upstate. And I got season tickets a few years later. But the first two years, I just got tickets like every night. And I went by myself. And that the 2001-2002 season for me <clears throat> was extremely interesting because it was the first year in my life the Knicks were bad. Like throughout my life from 1992, oh, that's how I right, my childhood. to 2001, every year the Knicks were we good. Were competitive, right? Every year the every wins. year the Knicks were good. Every year the Knicks were competitive. Every year the Knicks had a chance. So the 0-1-0-2 season was the second season without Patrick Ewing. You still had the Charles Sprewell. You still had Allen Houston. You still had Kurt Thomas. You still had, you still had Jeff Van Gundy. You know, so you still had a lot of these guys. So going into that year, I'm like, all right, we'll be a solid team. Probably not going to win the championship. But, you know, if Camby's healthy, Sprewell, Houston, Kurt Thomas, we'll make the playoffs. And then... Season starts. Marcus can't. That that was your Michael Jordan came back out of retirement. I actually oh, went to that. I, the Knicks opened yeah. up that season versus the Wizards at the Garden. You know, it was a month and a half after 9/11. You had the you had George you had George Pataki speaking to um, the crowd before the game. Up in the Bronx, you had Game Three of the World Series with George That's Bush right. throwing the, the, the first pitch out. So it was a wild time in New York City. And you know how I got my ticket to that game. So I didn't have a ticket to that game until the day before. And I was trying to get tickets, and you know, it wasn't StubHub yet. It was basically Ticketmaster.com, and that was it. So I opened up the yellow pages, and I found this phone number called 1-800-SOLD-OUT. And I called 1-800-SOLD-OUT, and I got one ticket. I was 17 years old. I got one ticket to the Knicks home opener that year, because it was Michael Jordan's first game back, for $250. Jesus Christ. The, the, 2001, and last second to last row in the 400s by myself. But it was a great night. I got to you see were my a teenager, 17 years what old. What were you doing to make 250 bucks? T- I mean, I had a job and I was living with my mom, so like. Oh, so you don't really have okay. Yeah, at the time I just moved back to the city. Well, for that's dedication, like 250 yeah. bucks. That's a lot and, of money for and, a 17 year old. So yeah, it is. <laughs> well, now I have, now I have bills and you know you know bills to pay and yeah. you know so. I went to that game, and you know, throughout my life, I lived upstate. I lived three hours away, so I went to about ten games a year, and it was always a hassle to get to the games. Mm. Now, I live in New York City. I'm, I'm back home. I can go whenever I want. Right. So that first year, 0102, I went to about 35 games that year. Most of the games I went to by myself. But the difference between that season and the eight or nine before that was, so the Knicks started off that year there about eight and six, or it was 11 and nine, somewhere around there, and then Jeff Van Gundy quits. And I love Jeff to death. And oh Jeff, I, I know Jeff Van Gundy. He's been on my show many times. Yeah. But he quits. Marcus Camby gets hurt. And all of a sudden, you went from like 11 and 9, two games over 500, so you go 30 and 50. They went 30 and 52 that year, I believe. And it was the first year of my life we were bad. But after that season, I said to myself, you know what? I'm not worried because we're going to fix this. Right. What happens? You could have drafted Amari Stoudemire. Yes. You could have drafted yeah. Karam Butler. 
You could have drafted Nene. Well, right. they did draft Nene, but instead, after they drafted they Nene, traded, they, they traded, traded him for Marcus Camby. Can- they traded Marcus Camby. Him. They traded Nene and Marcus Camby for Antonio McDice, who was coming off a major injury. So at first, I was at so, that time. I was ball players right. were coming back from that microscopic right. injury. So at first, I was so mad about the trade. But as a Knicks fan, I wanted to give it a chance. Two, three games into the preseason that year, McDice is on fire. And then what happens? A Saturday night game versus the Suns at the Garden. That game I actually did not go to. I was partying up at Pace University in Purchase, New York. Ooh, I get out. back to my, I be, get back to one of my best friend's dorms at like three in the morning. I am wasted, <laughs> but I had to go to NBA because I actually care about the results of preseason games. So I had to go to nynicks.com check what if we won the preseason game. Right. I go on the internet. Obviously, it wasn't on your phone yet. It was two thousand two. Yeah, right. It says I, don't, I think the Knicks did win that game. But McDice goes down. I'm like, what the f- Can I curse? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. what the <laughs> fuck? I, and then you see the injury, and you see that he was in the game with 10 seconds left. He gets a put-back dunk. He slams the scorer's table. And I'm just like, wow. And I didn't know it was going to be that bad. And the next day we find Why out he's, he still playing? he's out like He's out for the year. So oh, now I'm like, wow, this is going to be the second yeah. year of my life we're going to be bad. And we were awful that year. But the problem with being awful in the 0203 season is that we weren't awful enough. Because we ended up getting the ninth pick and ended up drafting Michael Sweetney when you had guys oh available God. in that draft like Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and obviously LeBron James. I remember, and then, yeah, I remember that. And then I, guess I can go through every year from 2000 right. to 2019 and why every year sucked in its own way. <laughs> you know, yeah. a, a year so, later, getting Stephon Marbury. I thought I, I was a huge Stephon fan since he was playing high school basketball in Lincoln. And, and, and that was a disaster. And I love Steph. And that was a disaster. So, well, so many things we, have just gone wrong. We got a wrong. theory about Steph, me and my brother. Go for it. What's I, that I honestly feel like we didn't do, didn't, we we didn't, didn't do we enough. We didn't give him enough. No, that's true. We didn't give him enough. Oh, listen, Steph, he, he that's put true. Up his numbers. He did his he That's did his very part. true. He, he put up his um, numbers. But we, we didn't do enough. We, right. we got these. You, you know what I Stephon love? Marbury is one of the most talented point guards right. in the history of the NBA. Play ball. Yeah. He one of the most talented dope. point guards you'll he ever see. some dope affordable kicks. Fifteen dollars, Stephen Barry. Stephen Barry. Stephen Barry's is gone now, right? Yeah, it's gone. He right? used yeah. to be in the in the Manhattan Mall. Yep. But yeah. I, I think Mall, yep. that with, too. I think that with with yep. Marbury specifically, yeah. what Steve Mills is saying now, which he's saying, patience, and we're not going to take the shortcut. That's what we did. We took shortcuts. Right. We we got these older players on the decline. But Steph wasn't on the decline yet. No, it was the talent that yes. surrounded him. Right. right. And, then, and we also, we, one thing we never got to see is we never got to see a, a, a Stephon Marbury in his prime with a healthy Allen Houston. Right. We never saw that because when the Knicks oh. got Stephon Marbury, Allen Houston's knee was already acting up. Yeah. So I always wonder what it would have been like if we had a healthy backcourt of Houston and Marbury. I think that could have been lethal. Right. But what if? What if? Like I said, exactly. when, you're, when you're a Knicks fan, when you're a sports fan, Unless you just win every year, which no team does, there's always going to be so many what ifs. You know, yeah, but it, with the Knicks, is something. It's, it's different. No, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a Mets fan. The Mets have been to the World Series in my lifetime. The the Mets have been competitive somewhat in some years. Yeah. But with the Knicks, since 
I remember as a kid, they were we were great all right. the time. All my friends were. The Bulls Knicks have fans. really just had one good year in the last nineteen years. And yeah, like and like, that, like I said, that's insane. at least if you're a, like I'm, I'm a Yankees fan and I'm a Giants fan, but at least if you're a Mets fan, you had a, you had you got to the NLCS in two thousand six. You yeah, lost yeah. in Game Seven, even yeah. though your Beltran should have swung the bat. Yeah. Two thousand seven, you had a really good year. You, you had that collapse. Two thousand eight, Willie Randolph, you had a good year in 08. And then you made the World Series in 2015. If you're a Jets fan, yeah, the Jets have had some rough times, but the Jets yeah. made the AFC Championship game in 2009 back and 2010, back, 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 back or 2010, 2011, back to back. Then, so at least as a Jets fan, you at least have something. You also were you in the playoffs in 2006 when you when you lost to the Steelers in Pittsburgh when you had that game where um, Chad Pennington took a knee instead of spiking the ball. So at least you have some memories, even though you didn't win championships. The Knicks. For the most part, the last 19 years, you have Linsanity and you have that little playoff run in 2013. That's all you have. Yo, I and the thing about, saying, yeah, the thing about it was crazy. Uh, we're like, talking about world champion Linsanity. Yeah, now. yeah. yeah he is a champion. He's a champ. He is a champion. The thing about the Knicks is that when we were bad, we've been bad for many years, but we've never been bad enough to get like a top. Five That's always been my point. Until this past year. we traded all those picks uh, away, too. Yeah. yeah, we traded away picks many times, whether it was for Andrea Bargnani, Carmelo Anthony, Stephon Marbury, right. or giving up two first-round picks for Eddie Curry in 2005, which we gave up first-round picks in 2006 and 2007 in that trade. I mean, the Bargnani one is the worst That's one. The, yeah, that was hard. Because, because I, you're yeah. getting Melo in return. Okay, I see that. The um, which one was the other one? You well, the Bargnani trade was awful because I really felt the Knicks were building something around that time. Right. So adding Bargnani to that mix of dogs just didn't work. Again, Steve that's Novak to take the right. shortcut. It was better to have Steve Novak sit on the court and do nothing than have Andrea Bargnani try to be Andrea Bargnani. Right, and Novak, he ah oh man, that sweet stroke from he three. had a good shot. Novak could shoot the rock. And, and oh. this, talking I'm talking about his three point shot. Okay. I mean, they usually refer to that as a stroke. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I know you're not a big basketball yeah, I'm not guy, a basketball <laughs> guy person, but, but yes, strokes for me and me else. No, not that <laughs> kind of stroke. But you know I mean, and we, I think that's another thing. Yo, I had another question though. We yeah, had sure. Players, yeah, and we gave up on them. Yo, how was it growing up in the Catskills? Oh man, growing up in the growing I visited up, the Catskills. I like it up there. I'm <coughs> growing up in the Catskills was fascinating. So being a kid from the Bronx, uh, was I was only I was eight years old living with my grandparents. And they decided they want to move upstate. Oh, shit. And for my whole third grade year, we took trips upstate. And they eventually found this town called Walton, where you take Route 17 for 130 miles. You get off the highway, and then you go 25 miles through mountain roads. And then you get to this town in the middle of the mountains called Walton. And it was such a culture shock. Because, like I always say, like when you're in a school in the Bronx, you look at your class. You see black. You see white. You see Italian. You see Irish. You see Russian. You see Puerto Rican. Dominican. Asian. Everything. I get to Walton, and it's just a bunch of straight white folks with blonde hair and blue eyes. So I, I was, I was culture shocked. Like, whoa! I've never seen this many white motherfuckers ever. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm white. I just, I never seen anything like it. I never seen anything like it. I directed from a small town in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Also, so he's yeah, we, from Reading. So yeah. he knows himself. So. so it was, it was quite the culture shock, but. It was the best eight years of my life, and I'm so thankful my grandparents brought me up there because some of my, my best friends are from there. I go up and visit when I can. I know, you know, a lot of my friends are not living there anymore. They're, they're spread out across the country. It's but a beautiful area. It is. It's yeah. really close to Woodstock, <coughs> Hudson Valley. Yeah. Um, I climbed up some mountain up there where yeah. there was like a Buddhist temple. I, I love what? it. I went up there once for like an temple? entire weekend. Was, yes, there's a Buddhist temple up there. Yeah, I had an appreciate The Dalai Lama has been there, actually. <laughs> 
What did you get these are facts you talking about? I'm talking about the Caskills. When I went to the Caskills for a weekend, it was a, okay. a Thursday to Monday trip, I think it was. Yeah, so Walton is about an hour and a half past Woodstock, though. Yeah. Oh, Walton is whoa. deep. That's further, no, that's it is up deep. There, so. But I, I, I like Woodstock. that little area. Yeah, I think and, one, and that's the thing I didn't appreciate when I was a kid, but the beauty of where I grew up, it's extremely beautiful. The stars at night, things you don't appreciate when you're a kid. When I go up there and visit now, I just be looking up at the stars like gazing, you know what I'm saying? What part of Bronx you grew up in though? Uh, so when, until I was eight years old, I was in, on Gun, off Gun Hill Road on Duncan Street between Gun Hill and uh, Burke Avenue in the hey. in a Jamaican area. Hell yeah. 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 A lot of Jamaican area. So and then I mean, I'm in, since I was since I've been 18, I'm in Co-op City. Okay. Hey, I like and with the way rents or so much is changing, unless I become a billionaire, I'll most likely be in Co-op City the rest of my life. For sure. <laughs> and I own my apartment and I see all of Manhattan and all of Westchester. I'm in the top floor. I got the penthouse. So unless hey, I become man. a billionaire, yo, I'm most likely going to be staying there. Party at Anthony's crib. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for real. Party. For real. After the show, it's the after party. Word up. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back. So you already spoke. Um, one of my questions is, how did you become a Nick fan? You explained that. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to give you an explanation to your actual your, your, your question. So my passion, New York City is all about <clears throat> basketball. Yes, it is. And if you strip away, I mean, the Yankees have been successful. And there's a lot of people that are Yankee fans, but they're also on the bandwagon. Yes, of course. Well, at the core of New York City is basketball. Yes. And it is the New York Knicks. And because we've been so bad for 20 years, that's why the team has died out somewhat. Yeah. And I, you talk about it a lot, those stragglers that weren't rooting us when Marbury was I here. I know. When Isaiah Thomas was coaching. Yep. Larry Brown. Larry Brown. Hey, we didn't even give Larry Brown. We had all these Hall of Fame coaches. I was coaches. so excited yeah, about so I'll tell you what. Hall I would, of Fame coaches. A, of all the things that didn't work for the Knicks, and there's been a lot of them, that's for damn sure. One of the things that bothered me the most was, La- I, was, was Larry Larry, I, I was so excited when the Knicks got Larry Brown. I was actually at the press conference at 21 years old working for ESPN Radio. Uh, I, I'm still mad that Larry Brown didn't work. That season, I was, I was producing the pre- and post-game shows on the radio at 21 years old that year. And that season was a complete nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Not that, again, we weren't supposed to win the championship, but that team should have won 45 games. That team should have been in the playoff. That team had talent. And that team was a complete disaster. <clears throat> As Mark Berman of the Post called it, Team Titanic. And, of course, the worst thing about that year, <clears throat> because before the season, we thought we were going to be good. The season starts, we start off 0-5. And then once we got to about 0-5, I'm at ESPN, I'm at all the games, and I, I say to my friends, I'm like, wait a second, fuck. We're 0-5. And, and then we were 2-7. and we won 23 games. But once we got to 0-5, I said, you know what? We don't have our fucking draft pick. Because going into that season, we thought we'd win 45 games, be in the playoffs. And I'm like, fuck. We traded our draft pick for Eddie Curry, who's 800 pounds and can't run up and down the court. <laughs> and not only did we trade our draft picks in 2006. We, we had Jamal, though. We traded our first-round picks in 06 and 07. Jamal Crawford had four game-winning shots that season. Jamal, Jamal Crawford was great that year. Yeah, the problem is we won... Freaking 23 games. Again, another player we had, we didn't do anything with. Yeah. And Jamal we should have kept. But Eddie Curry was really good. Eddie Curry just had, like, he had physical issues. Yeah, and I like Eddie. Eddie's a really Eddie's a nice Eddie's guy. Eddie's a great guy. Eddie's, Eddie's just, a great guy. Eddie's there's guys guy. that are not built for this. No, Eddie was not. He, he could have been great, but, like, 
his, his, I think he had a heart condition or something. Eddie's yeah, talent yeah. was off the charts. He had some yeah. of the softest hands. Yeah. He had great moves yeah. around the rim. His just his conditioning was off, and I don't think his mental makeup, like you said, was was ready for New York by by any means. I don't think it was. And I, I remember that season vividly. You mentioned Eddie Curry. All those years come back. You're, so you're a diehard. So the only bright spots for me in those years was uh, David Lee, Nate Robinson. David Lee was great. Nate was fun that year. Nate was fun that year. Uh, I remember the game where Nate was on the bench and he came off and scored 40-something points. That was, in two, that was New Year's Day 2010. That was New Year's Day 2010. And I always said, if we just just give this guy, <laughs> give this guy a chance. A, we were watching curse. that game. It's a curse. New my, Year's Day. Me and my brother, we used to watch. Or was game. it the day before New Year? It might have been New Year's it, Eve. It, it, it was, was on that yeah. time frame. I know that he was in like, in Atlanta. It was in Atlanta. Doghouse. No, Mike D'Antoni's doghouse. Oh, that yeah. And that was Mike D'Antoni. And house. I was like, yo, just put Nate in, man. Yep. Let, give yep. him a chance. Yep. So I thought that draft was great for us. We also had Marty Collins, who was okay defensively. That was the 06 draft when we drafted yeah. Marty Collins and Ronaldo Balkan. Ronaldo Balkan. Well, I was at that draft. I was working at that draft for ESPN yeah. as well that night. And I remember the funny thing about the Balkan draft was um, the Knicks had the 20th pick, and I was really hoping to get Marcus Williams. It ended up being trash in the NBA anyway. Yeah. But the Knicks had the 20th pick. Marcus Williams is available. Rajon Rondo is available. Uh Quincy Doobie's available from Rutgers. He ended up not having a good career either. And all of a sudden, the I Knicks... I watched Quincy the, the, at MSG, though. Yeah, he, he, could, was, play. he, he could, could, could play. He could play. He could play. Yeah. All of a sudden, the Knicks pick, and they draft fucking Ronaldo Blankman. <laughs> and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And I was I actually... Everybody was <laughs> and I was actually the in the green room. Yeah. And I turned to Rudy Gay, and I'm like, you know who this guy is? He had just got drafted. He's like, I don't know who it is. So at the draft, and this is the only draft I ever worked at. Yeah. At the draft, they gave you, they gave you a pamphlet at the time of 120 or 130 players that could potentially be drafted. And obviously there's 60 picks in the draft. Yeah. So I look at, I'm looking at this list, list of 120, 130 players. And Ronaldo Balkman is not even on that list. <laughs> but <clears throat> shout out to Isaiah Thomas for believing in himself. Isaiah Thomas really felt had we, you know, just put him on the I Because what happened was South Carolina, which where he played, I think it was or South Florida, where the fuck he played, played the NIT at the Garden. And Balkman had some good plays, some good hustle plays. And Isaiah, God bless him, fell in love. And Isaiah would told you the next day in the press conference that if the Knicks didn't take him at 20, like the Suns were going to take him at like 21 or 22. No the way. Suns didn't even know who the hell he was. And what's crazy is that Balkman ended up having like a five, six-year NBA career. Yeah. He was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. And I was cool. I was cool with Balkman. But you know I was, what? I think Thomas, I, Thomas, I was cool Thomas with drafted well. I, yeah, he did. Listen, Isaiah. I can't, I can't give. I, I, that's the listen, one thing I can say. Isaiah Thomas drafted Damon Stoudemire. Isaiah Thomas drafted Tracy McGrady. You know, um, did, he, did he draft Vince Carter? He drafted David Lee, Nate Robinson, Channing Fry, Tracy McGrady. I, I, I think he drafted Vince, but but he drafted all those guys for sure. So he I, can draft. He can I mean, draft. I always when the draft came around, I knew we were Wilson Chandler. Get, he drafted Wilson. Wilson Chandler. Great, real great player. Really he, good player. Uh, uh, did he get Fields? No, that was Donnie Walsh. That was Donnie Walsh already. That was 2010. I, another, another. Donnie Walsh. I love Donnie Walsh. We Donnie hired Walsh Donnie Walsh. Yeah. Right. And I'm thinking, all right, good. This guy was in the yeah. Pacer organization. He's going to give us stability. He's yep. going to create the culture that we want in the, in the organization. Yeah, I know. I like Donnie. Donnie was my guy. I used to hang with Donnie before games sometimes. And Donnie's my guy. 
I love Carmelo. He's my favorite basketball I'm a big player. Carmelo fan. He has his flaws as a basketball player. But, he, but no, who does my, no, By far my favorite. Rick spent his fucking uh, financial aid check on like a... Uh, uh, it was a Carmelo a, Anthony Carmelo jersey Anthony and his sneakers. And his sneakers. When I was in college. I, I, that's my favorite basketball I, player. I'm a big mellow guy. I'm a big mellow and guy. Uh, we did give up a lot. Well, the thing is that Melo won in New York. And to this day, I'll never believe that Melo would have signed with the Nets. The reason I say that is because the Nets had another year and a half to play in Newark. Melo, was all, Melo and Lala were all about coming to New York City, the bright lights. Yeah. There's no way in God's name I truly believe that Carmelo Anthony was going to go play in Newark. Nothing against <laughs> any Newark listeners. Yeah, there's, no, there's still the New Jersey Nets to me. So. There was no way, as a free agent, Carmelo Anthony was going to sign in Newark and have and play in Newark for a year and a half before they went to Brooklyn. There is no way Carmelo Anthony was going to have Lala sit courtside in Newark. That's why I said, wait to make the trade, because no other because te- Carmelo wanted New York. Therefore, no other team was going to trade for him, knowing he wasn't going to resign when he wanted to be in New York. Had we just waited, Carmelo Anthony could have signed here, gotten the same amount of money, and we would have had all. And we could have added Melo to the draft picks. We could have added Melo to Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, Timothy Mozgov, and Raymond Felon. Instead, we gutted the whole team. And added Melo to basically a bag of fucking rocks. So let's 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 go to that moment in time in Knicks history, because I, we had Donnie Walsh. Donnie had done his job. We didn't get LeBron. Nope. Donnie he makes LeBron. that big mistake. But Amari takes the risk. He's like, you know he what? He did. Amari was great for two months. Amari. <laughs> Amari was like, you know what? I want to. I'll take the contract. I'll take the risk. I want to be in New York. Five years. I don't think it was the money. I think he really was like. He did. And listen, he had that. To me, the injury that really hurt Amari wasn't his knee. It was the back in Boston before Game Two of those playoffs when he did a three sixty layup in the layup line and he pulled out his back. To me, that was the injury that really hurt Amari for his career. He was never the same after the injury in Boston. Right. Well, Amari, his first year was fantastic. Oh, he was killing. He was killing. He had the lights he had, out. He, he had smoke coming yeah. outside the garden. Yeah. Yeah. Amari was amazing that year. But also him and Melo, and also him and Melo just didn't mix basketball and wise. They as teammates, they, they needed made sense. What what the Knicks needed with Carmelo? I think Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire could have played together. But for them to play together, they needed a dynamic point guard. And the right. guy they Jason needed Kim. to get was Chris Paul. And that was the Knicks' plan. Another fuck-up the Knicks had was when Tyson Chandler became available as a free agent and wanted to come to New York, the Knicks jumped the gun and they got Tyson Chandler. I like Tyson Chandler, but yeah. the problem is when you have a front line of Tyson Chandler, Amari Stoudemire, and, and Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony. Three, two guys that need the ball, and another guy that just needs alley-oops, if you're going to have those three as your front line, I'm cool with that. You cannot, and I repeat, you cannot trot out Tony Douglas as your starting <laughs> point guard if you have a front line of Carmelo Anthony, Amari Stoudemire, and Tyson Chandler. I remember you cannot the, the trot out Tony fucking Douglas. Douglas. No disrespect to TD, but so that the Knicks totally screwed up there with that. When Chris Paul wanted to come to New York City. He wanted to join Amari Stoudemire. Well, the NBA he was wanted to join. They blocked, him they blocked the Lakers, Lakers trade. Exactly. So, wow. Now, we're we're yeah, moving past Knicks, that. A lot of Knicks history, bro. Lots of it. Oh, wait. Uh, wait. Well, 
No, go ahead. What were you going to say? So, I was going to ask him about the, the first, like, his favorite. Like, so now we move into the Phil Jackson years. Oh, God. I hated that. I, I, I never liked it. The day we got him, the only, th- the only way I liked it, and I said, if he's willing to coach, I'm all about it. Because I'll never take away anything Phil's done as a coach. But at the time when the Knicks got him, he was 68, 69 years old. He had never did that job before. I thought it was just to make some noise. If you remember, there was about to be a pro, and there was, there was going to be a protest outside Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And they had it, and James Dolan ended up hiring Phil Jackson, giving him a a ridiculous amount of money money for a job he never did. Never did. Now, if you want to pay him to coach, that's fine. But you don't pay a you don't pay a guy 68, 70 years old to do a job he's never done before. I thought that was ridiculous, I and, and he was, acted like a complete bozo. I, I thought it was well, terrible I, because he, he didn't even want the job. No, he didn't. Gave him a crazy amount of money. Yeah, but the thing is, his last season with LA, he wanted to do this crazy thing where he wouldn't coach a, a road game, right? Right. And, and Rambis would coach the road game. <coughs> so I mean, that's a disaster. You can't do that. When we got him, I was like. I'm gonna give Phil a chance because every yeah like you got to give it a chance. Every move we've made, I've cheered for it. You have to. I cheered. It. We got an old crusty veteran. All right, uh, maybe maybe yeah, there's some maybe, magic left in there. Maybe it'll work. Maybe Steve, it'll work. Steve Francis, shout out to the Star Chai's backcourt. <laughs> Stephon Marbury and Steve, Steve Francis, Francis. back. The Star Chai's backcourt. You know, if, if it was getting McGrady, if it was getting oh, whoever, you, Baron Davis. I, I I cheer for it. Actually, B Diddy. Oh man, I wish he was healthy with. Listen, B Diddy gave up his career for that game four versus the Heat when he he, he never played again after that game he got hurt. So I always got love for Baron Davis. Always. It's just, I, I cheered it. But I knew in the back of my mind, if this man was only willing to coach home games for the Lakers, and we had to, when they signed the contract with Phil to be president, there was all these extra things that weren't oh, Ridiculous. About him going back to his ranch. Or oh. The accommodations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, uh, he's not really interested in being here. Now we're in the present day. Phil yeah, gets fired. In Montana, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. That must be nice. So, now we're in present-day Knicks. Last year, well, let's say, Phil, the good thing was he gave us Porzingis. He gave us a little hope. A little bit. Wait, how did you feel about the Porzingis uh, draft? Draft? When we draft? I I don't really boo draft picks, so I always give every, even though, even Balkan, I always give draft picks a chance. So, when we got Porzingis, we had the four pick. The guy who I wanted, who I'm interested in right now, is D'Angelo Russell. That was the guy who I wanted the Knicks yeah. to draft. Not Okafor at the time. No, I wanted D'Angelo Russell. I wanted D'Angelo Russell. But Obviously, if we got number one, if we yeah, wanted one, if we had one, I wanted Towns. But if yeah. we didn't get one, I wanted D'Angelo Russell. Right. So when we got Porzingis in the draft, I, I wasn't. I was in the middle. I was like, okay. And then, I, and the thing with Porzingis to me as a fan is that I, I fell in love with him. Like I, I really Porzingis, fell in yeah. love with him. I got cool with him. I got cool with his family. I'm one of the only people to do an exclusive podcast interview with Porzingis. So when he and then when he tore his um, ACL, I had a giant get well card made for him. I brought it for him to his apartment. I was cool with him and his family. One year on Christmas, his mom and dad brought me Latvian cookies. Hey, so so when Porzingis asked out, and anytime I did an event, he would give me autographed stuff to give out. So when Porzingis, I heard he didn't want to be here. It just it broke my heart. I'll never say anything bad about the dude because he treated me really well. You know, and I, him and his I mean, he gave us. I, 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 I honestly feel like he did. He played. For it us sucks. As well man. as he could. There's something shaky there, man. I don't know, man. 
Well, I don't think he just didn't want to play here. I, no. I know he didn't like losing. Like he didn't want to lose. Maybe he felt like he was in a position to demand certain things, or he wanted. The crazy thing was what bothered me is that we we have his rights because he's right. an unrestricted he free agent. Yeah, so we like could we could have matched any offer, and he would have right. had to stay. And I don't th- I don't think he would have demanded to leave. I don't know. I and mean, that's I don't know. We may never know. So when, and I take I take back I go back to that day we traded for him. And I remember that day I was chilling at home, and I think it was about 12 o'clock, and I think Adrian Wojnarowski reported, yeah. KP's not happy. He's not so I was like, all right, whatever, no big deal. We'll, right. we'll get through this. Knicks are exploring. Hour later, hour game. later, Knicks exploring trade for Porzingis. I'm like, what the fuck? Hour after that, Porzingis is gone. It, it didn't even happen over the course of a day. It was yeah. three hours. He went, from, he went from not being happy to he's not a Nick yeah. anymore. I, I, I just I couldn't believe what was happening. I couldn't comprehend it because crazy. one thing I've I don't I just he was the last player and my love for the Knicks has not changed at all. Yeah. I love the Knicks more in life itself, but I think the thing about Porzingis is that he will be for me, especially because I'm older now. He will probably be the last player I fell in love with. Right. I love R.J. Barrett, but I don't think I could ever feel the love again I had for Porzingis. Right. Like I felt like him, there was something there. Pause. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I had so much love for Porzingis and his family and his brothers. His brothers are so good to me. Yo, give and, him a chance, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just don't know if I can have that love again for a player like I had for Porzingis. So when he got traded and I heard he wanted out, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't, be, I couldn't believe I it. I still don't so believe it. let me I ask you something. Uh, like, no, yeah, not a conspiracy. I think I think that we got rid of him because we didn't wanna. We wanted to sign um, uh, KD and and somebody and else, Kyrie somebody in else. the off season, and we wanted we didn't want to uh, we didn't want to spend the money on Porzingis. Well, we'll him. never know. The thing is, with the, the only thing with the Knicks organization is they're very private. Mm. Um, there's a lot of rules and regulations when it comes to media and talking to media as from people from the front office standpoint. Um. Because when he got drafted, he wanted to come to New York. He like, loved being a Nick. He loved, he loved it. Being he loved in New it. York. And, and he loved being game, Melo's Every teammate. time I saw him, he was like, he was, he loved the city. He loved all the time. I, I, I don't know what happened there. Uh, I know KP will still be dominated. Some he'll be he'll, he'll be the same player when he comes back. And now he's gonna play with Luca. So no, Luke, I can't. I'm not gonna be able to handle it. It's so gonna, now we're we're at present that. day where I, I knew. You know what? I also, I think the Knicks were like, we're not going to go anywhere. We have this blue chip prospect. Let's just go for broke now. Yeah. Try to get this first pick. Try to get this money to sign two max players. So that that I think that that was their game plan going into. And it's, I think it's still their game plan. We just yeah. with the the, the, the Durant the injury threw a lot of things off, yeah. and obviously we're going to see what happens in a few days. But I think well, the their goal still is also throws yeah, things off. Well, yeah, a little I don't bit. think we're. Davis was on our radar. Yeah, I think Davis is. And then Davis in the Lakers Laker now. Oh, yeah, he's not going in the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, that's. Hey, the, we the Lakers. Actually, the Lakers gave away. The Lakers gave away. I hate the Lakers. I hate their fans. Most of their team, most of their picks for one guy. Yeah, so it's basically the Lakers, Kuzma, and LeBron. Really, it's, 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 at the end of the day, it's LeBron and Kuzma. They're trying to sign another max player, but they don't have enough money to even. They don't have enough players. They should just use that money to just sign uh, good players, like decent players, not sign another match. Well, that's what they did last, last offseason. They didn't work. coming off the fucking bench. But forget the Lakers. I want to talk about my Knicks. So let's get to the draft night. We're in a position. We didn't get the lottery. 
Because for me, dream scenario was at least getting Zion. Yeah, we had. A, I mean, we we had a fourteen percent chance, so the yeah, odds yeah. were so uh, you know not in our favor. The thing is, I like that we got a top three pick at least. At least, yeah. yeah. Let, listen, four or five would have been a disaster. Yeah, I mean, you could get a great player at twelve, but I think. The three was what we needed. I, I love R.J. Yeah. Barrett. You know, is he going to be great right away? I don't know. He's 19 years old. He's right. young. But I think getting the three was definitely a blessing in disguise. Right. But what I do like about R.J. is every time he talks, he talks about his it's very mature, Knicks. very mature, um, and he work. understands the sacrifice that his parents made for him. Yes. His character, to yes, me. great character. Mm-hmm. So the Knicks are trying to build this culture now with. Uh, Scott Perry, Fizz, who I love. I, when we hired Fizz, I was happy about that. And then Steve Mills, who I'm on the fence about. Um, the, they're, 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 what they're preaching is patience and culture. They're trying to build high-character guys, trying to get hustle players in yeah. here back like in the 90s. And RJ fits that mold. And Iggy, who I, I've been doing my research on Iggy. Yeah, I like him. Like got a little, guy. got a little Ivan Drago in him. You know <laughs> I like what I'm saying? Got a little Drago. I mean, in him. we have to draft a guy with a weird name that you can't pronounce. Yes, right? yes. That's just history That's of the Knicks. Knicks. As long as it's not Frederick Weiss, and who never played for us. Never played. Only, only known for getting dunked on, on yeah. him, which was a year later. His, yeah, ruined his he life. Over him. Even. Over. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that that wasn't normal. Yeah, that wasn't normal. Yeah. So, what's your favorite moment though in like a Knicks Knicks history? You gave us a whole. My favorite moment is definitely the last 10 seconds of beating the Pacers in 1999 in Game 6 to go to the finals. Mm. That's my favorite moment. Just like the, Even the, though you know Ewing was down. It was down yeah, the, cl- the, cl- the clock winding down with 10 seconds left, knowing we were going to the finals. Obviously, Allen shot versus Miami was amazing. Larry's four-point play, amazing. Yeah. But the last 10, 20 seconds of the game versus the Pacers in Game 6 in 1999 – was just an unreal moment in my life. I was 15 years old. I had a bunch of friends at my house. Were you the at game. the garden? No. No, not that night, but I, I did. What's your favorite moment at the garden? That I was there for? Yeah. Um, my favorite moment I was there for. I would say the favorite moment I was there for. It's actually not really a play. It's a great question you ask. I would say the, the first playoff game I ever went to was game three versus the Heat in 1999. It wasn't something that happened on the really during the game. It was I was sitting in my seat before the Knicks came out for warm-ups, and they show it was my first playoff game. So I've been to regular season games before, but the magnitude of a Knicks playoff game is ridiculous. The magnitude of a Knicks Heat playoff game is ridiculous beyond comprehension. So um, it was about 20 minutes before the game started, and you show you see the Knicks coming out of the locker room on the video, and they were playing New York by Rakim. And the whole like everybody you know for a playoff game, especially versus the Heat, everybody's in their seat twenty minutes before the game, and you know the Knicks were walking out of the tunnel on the big screen. You could see them in the in the hallway, right. and there's like nineteen thousand people just waving their towels, their orange towels. And then when the Knicks came out for warmups, and they were blasting Super Thug by Noriega, hey. that <laughs> was prop for me. But not just a play on the court. That was probably my favorite moment ever of being at Madison Square Garden, seeing them come out of the tunnel for my first playoff game ever versus the Miami Heat. Like that was just—it was like I had shit, I had like tears coming out of my eyes. I, just, I couldn't believe I was at a playoff game, let alone I was at a playoff game versus the Heat. That's dope. That's great. That's dope. So uh, IG asks, we always have IG. Yeah. There's one. There's a actually two part question. Sure. The IG wants to know. Uh, 
what is the next five-year plan? Five-year plan. Oh, and will James will Dolan break plan? our heart again? Break our hearts again? Uh, as far as James Dolan breaking our hearts, I, I don't know. What's the five-year plan? Is to keep building through the draft, not do anything stupid, not over, not get a. There's nothing wrong with getting B-list players. But don't pay B-list players like A-plus stars. Plus money, yeah. So that's really the plan. If they can grab Kevin Durant, they're going to do it. If they can grab Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, they're going to do it. But the plan is to not not to do things like Isaiah Thomas did, trade uh, trade for a player and then give up two first-round picks. So it's the, the plan moving forward, keep all your draft picks. Unless the trade is ridiculous, of course. Keep all your draft picks. And, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but not do anything stupid. <laughs> That's oh, hard for the yeah, I know. It's, it's I know. hard for us. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, Even when we're not doing anything, yeah. things happen. I mean, it's we have nothing to do with the finals. I know. Even in the draft, and KD I was goes like, down. Oh my god! I know. Draft Kobe, Kobe White. Yeah, when KD went like, down, it felt like when Ewing broke his wrist in 1997. Right. Yeah. It was just horrible. And then the draft, you hear draft night, <coughs> they bring in Kobe White for a private gonna, workout. I was like, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah, I know, I know. Just say R.J. Barrett yeah. with the no, third pick, R.J. Barrett. The Knicks always line. have to do something to stress you out yeah, I know. or to fuck with your head. I know. They always so if the Knicks wouldn't have drafted R.J., my brother would have went ballistic at work. Um, I would have broke something. What do you think about the culture that is is brewing now as far as the front office and the team? Um, because That's a great question, for especially for me since I've been around it now, like, Next to it for 15 years, I think it's the best and healthiest it's ever been. This is the best and healthiest the New York Knicks franchise has been since Dave Checkets is running the running the show, without a doubt. So you, you some money on the mix. like I said earlier on the live, I said I, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait. We have a lot of young assets. We have a lot of money. We don't have to go crazy. Right, and like I said, I know it's cliche. Don't do anything stupid, and you'll be all right. So another question is: Will the Wicks? Will the Wicks? Will <laughs> too, much El Pre- too much El Presidente, <laughs> man. <laughs> will the Knicks ever win a championship in our lifetime? I mean, I gotta say yes, right? For my oh, personal yeah. sanity, it's easy to say no, be, but I gotta say yes. Yes, hopefully, I, hopefully. Uh, so my my brother's theory is: In five years, RJ recruits Zion. Oh, oh I know, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's why I feel like it's gonna happen. So that's that's a theory he's got. We'll see. So let's talk about this free agency. Yeah, June thirtieth. That's when it could happen. That's when it could happen. Um, knowing what you know now, KD's hurt. Ah, Clay's hurt. Ah, Davis is traded. Yes. Well, so 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 here's the thing. Let's talk about Durant first. Yeah. Yes, I would sign KD in a heartbeat. You have to. Yes, you have to. How many years though? Ten. Whatever he wants. (laughs) You have to. It's a re- I know we've had bad luck with getting injured players or Allen Houston getting hurt two years into his contract, okay. trading for Antonio McDice, signing Amari Stoudemire, Baron Davis, you know. But it's Kevin Durant. He's still young. He's not 25, but he's still young. He's always going to be seven feet tall. He's always going to be able to shoot over everybody. Right. I think you have to do it. Now, the other and thing. And his game's not really violent like right, Westbrook. Right, correct. No, Westbrook, zero chance. I'd sign Westbrook now, but I wouldn't sign Westbrook coming off a torn Achilles. Zero oh, chance. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's going to happen, but here's what you have to. Here's what there's a chance of. If there's a chance in fucking hell Kawhi Leonard is interested then if you sign Kawhi, which I don't think it's going to happen, but if, then you then you kind of punt on Kevin Durant and you go after another free agent, even a B-list free agent, if you can get Kawhi. If you're not going to get Kawhi, 
Oh, oh save. Oh, oh, okay. There you go. Holler. If you're not going to get Kawhi and Kevin Durant is interested and he's willing to chill for the year or come back in March, you have to do it. You have to. You think KD comes back in March? No, I, I don't know. For the whole most year. likely. I'm just saying, you know, most likely. My dream scenario is they sign KD, maybe get Kyrie. Kyrie. We get the eight seed. KD comes back March 20th. That's a good one. Mine's is Kawhi. Well, you know, oh, real dream, no, yeah, Kawhi yeah, and somebody else. Even when the rumors Kyrie, were Kyrie and Kawhi. KD, of course. I actually would prefer Kawhi, Kawhi and, and Kyrie. And, KD. and if there's, you can, one thing I've learned too over the years, you can never tell what these guys are thinking. But if there's one guy you can definitely not tell what he's thinking, that is the fun guy, and that's Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Um. So Kawhi and I, you would punt on KD. I would. Still if you can get Kawhi, I'm punting on KD. Because then I'll get Kawhi and somebody else. But if you can't get Kawhi, you can get KD and somebody else. I'm doing that. But if you can get Kawhi, you get Kawhi and somebody else. What if we do a Knicks thing and we sign KD first and then go after Kawhi and Kawhi says yes? I mean, I mean, well, you, I, you, you, you do it. And KD, but if you, you get, have you have to do. But if you yeah. can get, if you can get Kawhi first, then you get Kawhi and somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Kawhi says no. We sign KD. Then you get either another free agent or you just let KD chill and save the cap space. And, and yeah, I believe Steve Mills, when he says, and, and Scott Perry also, he, um, he they said they're not going to sign B-list I think if players. we sign KD or Kawhi. Well, you can sign a B-list player, just don't give him B-list money. Like, I'm not, not going like, to do it. Like, I have nothing against, I, for I, example. I guess it's the Tim Hardaway Jr. effect. Right. Not I have nothing against, money. you know, getting Julius Randle. I have something against giving Julius Randle a max contract. Right. You know, it's not baseball where you can pay a guy whatever you want. It doesn't affect what you can do after that. So I have nothing against getting Chris Middleton or or any of these guys. I, I have something against giving them max contracts and then strapping your cap no. where you don't have flexibility. That's what I have a problem. What with. about Jimmy Butler? Same thing. I think Jimmy Butler is a great player. I think Jimmy Butler. You can win a championship with Jimmy Butler if he's your second best player. Okay. You're not winning a champ. Now, one thing I would be interested in. I don't think it's going to happen either. Is Jimmy Butler and Kyrie together with RJ and everybody else they have? I, I, I would be interested in that. I think that that's that what the Nets might end up with. I know. And, and, but I think and you cannot... If, if they let go of D'Lo, then I would... For the, the Knicks should go after D'Lo hard. Well, there's reports already that hard. he's very interested in joining Davis and LeBron. And yeah. Harry, so. I don't like D'Angelo Russell and LeBron together because I feel D'Angelo Russell needs the ball to be effective. And right. LeBron loves to play all five positions in the court at the same time. So I don't feel like LeBron would relinquish just giving up the ball. I'm not saying they can't make it work, but I, I don't like D'Angelo Russell and LeBron James together because D'Angelo Russell needs the ball in his hands to be effective unless LeBron James is going to go to being a, a traditional small forward. But I don't think yeah, he'll do I that. LeBron, LeBron's it. used to handling the ball every possession. Yeah. But we'll see. That's just you know, my guess. What the, what, the hell do I, what the hell do I know? So the A scenario is Kawhi and another superstar. Yes. B scenario is Kawhi and KD, which yes. is... C is KD, no somebody else, or KD and nobody else, and KD chills for the year. And I'm also great with E, where it's just no free agents. Right. We hold on to the money, and we and we yeah. we let the young guys play. Correct. Because we have Kevin Knox, we have Mitchell Robinson, who I love. We have, love Mitchell Robinson. We have Zoe, which I love also. Dennis Smith Jr. We got RJ. We got Dennis Smith. We got Moody. A, I, I keep, you know what's crazy? Right you mentioned Dennis Smith Jr. I keep forgetting he's on the team. Because I just really, I felt if like. If we I, were to start today, our backcourt is him. I keep forgetting. Alonzo Trier. Oh, okay. Well, he, no, Trier's not going to start. He can't he's not start. Because no. he, he has a mentality of score, score, score. So he's he he could have. He well, does I have would the potential. Love him as our six. Yeah, he has the potential to be a Lou Williams type player. Yeah. So, which is great. 
if we were starting today, I, Dennis Smith would be our absolutely. Our I like Dennis Smith Jr. a lot. No, yeah, I like what that. do we do with Nilakin? <laughs> Put him in a box, send him back to France. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds good. There I, was I'm a not. I'm not. We're trying to trade him for I a think, second round pick. I'm not giving up. Listen, out. in all seriousness, I'm not giving up on Frank. He's young, but do I see what other people see in Frank? No, I don't. But again, what do I know? I only uh-huh. see length and size. I don't see consistency. But if and Frank, he's you know, if Frank, and he's also he's he's afraid to shoot. He's he doesn't like to handle the ball a lot. He, he it's just, it looks just like he doesn't want to be on the court. Yeah, I'm cool with Frank on the team, but at the same, I, I just there's some fans that think Frank is the second coming of like Pasquale Siakam. And I'm just saying, I just say you know, put put down the no drugs. <laughs> but listen, if Frank listen, if Frank Nilkin is half of Pasquale Siakam, make sure that's great. I'm rooting for him. I just don't see it. But if that happens, great. What do you think Kevin Knox is going to be like this year? It's tough to tell because Kevin Knox is so young. And my my thing with Kevin Knox. Unlike like Alonzo Trier and I think um, R.J. Barrett, I don't really and I like Kevin Knox a lot. I just don't see that dog mentality in Kevin Knox, but I see a lot of talent in Kevin Knox. Well, and now he's that still, he has Barrett and he's still and Mitchell, he's still really young. He's though. not gonna have to be the yeah. The I, I think Kevin Knox is gonna be a really good player. I have no doubt about that. So yeah, my my dream scenario actually is not sign if we can't get Kawhi, don't sign anybody. Right? Would you so, sign Kyrie and Katie, Kyrie and? Jimmy Butler, absolutely not. Not nah, oh, you wouldn't sign them both. No, uh, my it, it, this is my thing with Kyrie. He's a um, he's a head case. He is a head case. He wants to play in New York, but that's also a bad thing that he'll be in this area. And I I don't think he's he is a closer. I'll give him that. He is, but he needs a facilitator, which is weird. And he likes to handle the ball, right? He likes to handle the ball. But the thing is, I wouldn't sign Kyrie and Jimmy Butler because I don't that, think that, that's that, going to work out. That'll put us in the though. middle of the pack in the in the Eastern Conference, and it's not really gonna. It's, but it's, in the, I don't think. It, no, we I think really we'll get, be like third or fourth. We won't be there. third or fourth because we still won't be better than Toronto. We still won't be better than the top teams in the in the. East. Well, it's just Toronto and Philly right now. Yeah, but then he's gonna put it. it we're not gonna be better than Philly. I don't There's still Milwaukee's very good. We'll I don't understand why these players but then are going. It's west. gonna put us in the middle of the pack, and then we're not gonna have draft picks. We're gonna be in the middle. Then a fucking. I, I think know. our tough. Durant is hurt. I don't. I don't want to be there anymore. Right. He was our number one anymore. target. It has changed. Kawhi's our number one target now. I think we should stop. And the question Durant. is, what will Kawhi consider? I have honestly, I have no idea. I think he's going to have a meeting with the Knicks. Will I think he consider? He will, I don't know. He will talk with us, and if we don't mess that up, that we have a good, a decent. Now, chance. Listen, if we got Kawhi, that'd be amazing. And because if there's one thing about Kawhi, he can definitely handle New York. That yes. dude's affected by nothing. <laughs> that dude's affected by nothing. And I think the allure of winning a championship with a third different team, yeah. to Kawhi. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't talk, but you. You know when he won that chip in Toronto, he was yeah. like, yeah. and KD gets hurt in the same, the same thing situation he was with with San Antonio where I'm not going to step on the court. I don't feel I'm ready. KD was not ready. Right. He stepped that on the court. That was horrible. And it looked, and Kawhi's on the floor when that's happening. Yep. So it's like, and then he wins the championship. So it's like he gets yeah. double the last. That was horrible. Yep. I mean, I, I don't wait. I, it was, he sucked. And then Clay played his heart. Oh, that was horrible. Seeing those guys get hurt was terrible. So yeah, I, like I don't know. I love Clay Thompson. I don't yeah. know where I knew if in order gets, for Golden State to win, of course. he gets all the holes open. Yeah, Clay I'm sure he does. He does. Well, no, he does. Crazy the LA guy. Really? Verify. He gets all the holes. Yes, he does. There's like ten know? holes lined up waiting for him outside the game. You, you didn't know? see the photo that Drake put up where he was with like four girls after a game Clay five Thompson? or game six? Yeah. Bro, that 
Yeah, that's what you got to Verify fact, Clay has the lockdown of all the holes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that information. It's true. Just in case you want to chill with I just, I just feel uh, that Warriors team, it, they got they got the worst offseason. Yeah. They got but they're still going to be great. Yeah. They're still going to have Draymond yeah. Green. Yeah, they're still going to have Steph Curry. They already did what the fuck they needed to do. Like, yeah, they do have three. Listen, they do have three championships in the last yeah, five like, years. They, that's really not too bad. for the next five years, Good, like, it's not too bad. Yeah, how many Steph, other people? Steph Curry's gonna become a pastor or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we'll be all right. So, if you want to catch Anthony MSG, Yo, Anthony wait, wait, Donahue. Wait. What, oh. One last question. Okay. What would it take for you not to be a Knicks fan? Like, <laughs> Nothing. I mean, it's my life. Nothing. I have a tattooed on me. It's my life. Like if they catch like James Dolan with like a. A dead hooker in his truck. But that's not the Knicks, though. That's I mean, not the Knicks. Knicks. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, uh, for all the rep he gets, he, and he's not, like, the greatest owner, he does spend money, though. He does. He does. Okay. And, and that's all you want your owner to do. He does. Now, nah, but you guys mentioned some shit about New York really being a basketball team. I think that shit's real because the Knicks have sucked for the last 19 years, but Knicks tickets... Still, it's still a hot commodity. Still still sold out. That doesn't make any fucking yeah, sense. It's the place to be. So we worked for PAL for five, six years, and what was our main bread and butter? Basketball. 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 Yeah. Yo, we ran tournaments, city yeah. Dykeman, all that shit. Nice. But shout out to the mayor, my boy Mikey. Shout out the mayor. Um, but we still couldn't get fucking free Knicks tickets. Yeah, it's hard to get. No. Oh, we we did a Garden of Dreams, uh, Garden of Dreams That's with true. the kids, and it was dope. Like they put us in the suite. We got these uh, inner city high school basketball players. They were there eating like seafood. Yeah, and, and they're like, "Oh man, I'm at the garden. Like, it's a place to be. It's an experience. Uh, yeah. It is. So the garden is like, you know, it's a, it is a place to be. Like, it is. Like a, yeah. Every time you step in there, it's live. There's nothing like it. Yeah. There's nothing so like every Nick game I've been to, I've enjoyed in my yeah. life, and it's just the atmosphere. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, thank God, the Knicks haven't lost that many games that I've been to. That's good. I've seen. I've seen them lose a lot. <laughs> Obviously, I've seen him lose a lot. Uh, our last Nick game, I, I was against Houston, and uh, the beard did a number on us. This so, year? No, I think that was last year. I didn't go to any game this oh, year. Okay, because I knew we weren't gonna be good. Yeah, it's tough. So I was like, I'll just watch. Yeah, I get. And it. then we traded KD, and I was like, I'm definitely K- yeah, 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 KP, KP. KP. Yeah. So, Ant, I want to thank you for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, if yeah. anybody wants to. Listen to Anthony and his podcast, 33rd and 7th. 33rd and 7th. Brought to you by the Blue Wire. It's on Apple. Apple, um, SoundCloud, um, all Spotify, all that stuff. Spotify, yeah, yeah. Follow me on social media, Instagram and Twitter, Anthony MSG. Same problem. Where can I find the podcast? Anthony MSG. And at Anthony everywhere. MSG. Everywhere. 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 You can and literally anywhere. Everywhere. This guy knows the most about the fucking Knicks I've ever heard. <laughs> I just got like a crash course in Knicks. I mean, it, New York is about basketball, and the Knicks is the orange soul of New York City. I swear to God. That's the reason why we wear orange and blue, because New York City's flag is orange and blue. That's right. That's true. Yes. So, our next episode is July 2nd. Is the show about the show, part two, because we did one in the first season. And then after that, uh, I don't know the exact date, which is the following Tuesday, we'll have the triple threat Karina Ortiz from Orange is the New Black. Uh, Platanos and Collard Green. She was on a show, The Long Way Home. No, on the History Channel. She's just all of that. She's done a lot of things. All of it. And then season finale with Jose Salcedo from Trilo. Stay tuned, and thank you for coming. See you next time. Thank you.